You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. All right, this is a follow-up. Ooh, yeah, it seems like I'm going to do a follow-up every week on Gateway to a New Economy. This is part three. Uh, the reason I am doing this update because um, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell literally just got done uh, speaking. So I am going to give you his opening statement and uh, then I'm going to go into a little bit of the questions that he got uh, which were actually great questions and then we're going to sum all of it up Uh, so all of it should sound pretty familiar to you if you followed along with uh, the other two videos that I put out gateway to a new economy Um, so the transcripts from his opening statement Um, Okay, so he says, at the Federal Reserve, we are strongly committed to achieving the monetary, oh my God, monetary policy goal that Congress has given us maximum employment and price stability. Okay, today my colleagues on the FOMC and I kept interest rates near zero and maintain our sizable asset purchases. So when they talk about uh, keeping interest rates at zero, um, it is what it is. I talked very extensively in the second video, and I told you once they start raising the interest rates, which per Powell's 60-minute interview, Uh, A couple of weeks ago, he said he knows he's going to have to raise interest rates. He's thinking at a minimum of 2%. But once that starts happening, I told you all that will be uh, bursting the bubbles of the housing market and a couple of other markets as well. We also talked about um, inflation and hyperinflation, uh, etc. So... Um, So when you hear them talk about keeping interest rates at zero or if they're keeping it to um, or if they're raising interest rates, you'll understand how the market is going to move. So when they're keeping it at zero, they are literally supporting the current market bubbles. And I can specifically go to housing. I can also specifically go to the stock market, where those particular assets are way overvalued, extremely overvalued. So for him to still keep interest rates at zero, that means that they're not ready for the market or the economy to start declining. All right. Now he's going to talk in cold here, but then he's going to switch it up and speak to the 1% as well. All right. So bear with me. We'll break this down. These measures, along with our strong guidance on interest rates and on our balance sheet, 
will ensure that monetary policy will continue to deliver powerful support to the economy until the recovery is complete. All right. And I just want to also um, just clear up when they talk about and um, doing asset purchases, they're really talking about buying back the U.S. debt. All right. Now, um, during the questionnaire part of his particular speech, um, he admitted that um, the Treasury's assets um, were not being bought. So meaning the Treasury was trying to package up its debt. I think they call it marketable securities, tre treasure, treasury marketable securities, which is basically just bundled up U.S. corporation debt. And the market does not have an appetite for it. So, quote, quote, the Fed is buying it up. So I want you all to think about this. Not only does the Fed continuously print money, although they tell you to stabilize the economy, that's literally money being printed out of thin air that they loan to the U.S. government slash corporation that has to be paid back and paid back at a certain interest rate. All right. That's the first way. And then the second way when they're buying back up debt, it's the same thing. That's just like you buying a bond a government bond, you're going to buy that bond and then you're going to expect to get not only the face value of that bond, if let's say you pay $10 for the bond and you expect um, a 5% uh, payout on the $10 that you paid. Okay. So it's the, it's the same thing. They're just calling it something different. Bottom line is the Fed is literally being a money tree to the U.S. government slash corporation. Only catch is that must be paid back. All right. So widespread vaccinations <coughs> along with unprecedented fiscal policy actions are also providing strong Support of the recovery. Okay. Uh, sorry, I lost my place. Since the beginning of the year, indicators of economic activity and employment have strengthened. Household spending on goods has risen robustly. The housing sector has more than fully recovered from the downturn, while business investments, investment and manufacturing production have also increased. All right, so real quick on the housing sector. Now, I don't know when he was saying it had fully recovered. I don't remember when it was down. Now, I'm talking over these last recent years, not back in 2007, 2008, officially where it collapsed. I don't know when it, it, it was recently down. Okay, all right, if you say so. We are in a housing bubble. Let's be clear. We are in a housing bubble. Uh, someone posted on their um, Facebook chat, and I immediately knew what it was. Uh, they posted, 
would cost to build a deck. And they gave the little dimensions, 200 square feet. April of 2020, the price was $936, right? So, you know, y'all men and some women that know how to do that stuff. I think that's so great. Maybe I should have learned, but whatever. Um, so in 2020, the, the cost of for the wood to build a deck, a 2,200 square feet was $936. Guess what the cost of those same dimensions is in 2021? I'm looking at lumber prices here. $3,696. So is somebody going to try to convince me that inflation is not happening? Is somebody going to try to convince me that we are not in a housing bubble? Because when you look at the cost of wood or lumber, you can directly correlate it a uh, huge price of lumber is built into the housing market. So right there, uh, and it was also it's also another YouTuber that has been watching lumber prices for quite some time. So that's how I even knew when this person posted this, I'm like, yep, that once again confirmed. So I let that person know that's because of the housing bubble. All right. So think about that. Let's put that just in uh, better terms also. So when you go buy a house, um, especially you're going to build a house. Let's say you're building a house from scratch. So the cost of construction, already those prices have been just on lumber alone, What's that, a uh, hundred times? Yeah, a hundred times. So already on the regular price of the home, the materials for lumber has doubled. Okay, so that's adding as well uh, for the higher housing prices. Okay, so there is clearly, clearly no getting around it that there is a housing bubble. And now we're at the point where um, first time homeowners, so more than likely that would be um, the millennials and the Z's. And especially the Z's, depending on where you are on the spectrum as a millennial in that bracket for first-time home buying, they are being priced out of the market. Okay? So um, I'll keep on, but you're not going to hear Powell talk about that. Now, in his defense, that's not his job to talk about that. Um, he's just the man responsible for printing the money. That's what he's responsible for. He supports... What against progress, i.e. Congress, <laughs> that's just me saying that, tells him to do. How much money you want? He's the bookie. Congress want to act like he's the sugar daddy. 
because they're spending someone else's money, Congress, against pro uh, progress. They're spending the American people's um, money, per se, because they figure they can get this stuff paid back through your labor, i.e. taxes. But in all truth and actuality, they're all kind of playing this game because the rate of borrowing cannot be repaid. That's just like someone looking at your credit history and looking at your debt ratio and you have $2 million worth of debt and you make minimum wage. But then they still loan you money. What's the logic in that? If you can never pay it back. All right. Okay. So um, I don't know what recovery he's referring to is my point. Okay. Um, the housing market is way overheating. Heat, heated. Spending on services has also picked up, including at restaurants and bars. More generally, the sector of the economy most adversely affected by the pandemic remained weak but have shown improvement. While the recovery has progressed more quickly than generally expected, it remains uneven and far from complete. The path of recovery, uh, the path of economic, uh, the path of the economy continues to depend on significantly on the course of the virus and the measures undertaken to control its spread. Since March, progress on vaccinations has limited the number of new cases, hospitalizations, and death deaths. While the level of new cases remain concerning especially as it reflects the spread of more infectious strains of the virus, continued vaccination should allow for a return to more normal economy conditions later this year. Okay, so this spiel uh, with the pandemic is his uh, justification for keeping the interest rates at zero. Okay, that's that's just one. Now remember in the last one uh that I did, I told you that one of his warnings, well I didn't tell you, he said one of the warnings is if the pandemic kind of heats back up, that would knock out any gains that the economy has. All right, so in the meantime, continue observance of public health and safety guidance will help us reach the goal as soon as possible. As with overall economic activity, conditions in the labor market have continued to improve. Employment rose 916,000 in March as the leisure and hospitality sectors sector posted a notable gain for the second consecutive month. All right, let's talk about this employment right quick. So, here's what's going on with employment. Yes, it is improving in some areas. In some areas, it's not. And specifically, this what, you know, blew my locks all the way back. Um, multiple people are coming out saying 
they are having a hard time hiring people. And here's the reason why. Let's first start out with what industries. Those same service industries, the restaurant industries that he's saying they're recovering nicely, they are having a hard time, um, like lawn care uh, services, uh, maintenance, and I know that because all of my folks were all complaining because our people backed up. We're like, look, I need my grass mold dog on it. I can't get any find anybody to come to work. So I'm out here doing it myself. So this was like all of us that have lawn services. Okay, that's just one industry. The next one uh, with the restaurants and stuff, I saw where someone the other day uh, posted where McDonald's, one McDonald's, was paying people $50 just to show up for, for the interview. Now, y'all don't ask me that location on drop up in the comments. I don't remember which location. So you can just go on, on a little interview and get the little $50. I don't remember what location it was. But yes, they are so desperate for people that um, they're paying people $50 to just come on an interview. Here's why that is so. Like I stated in... Uh, the second video that I did on Gateway to a New Economy, this free money is definitely a double-edged sword. So the reason people aren't showing up for work because it is more economic, listen to me closely, the reason people are not showing up to work in those service sector jobs. Now, I so far only know a couple. The lawn care service industry and uh, the retail fast food industry. The reason folks are not showing up for these jobs because they make more money sitting at home. Because they're making more money with the unemployment and the STEMIs. Because remember, unemployment, uh, folks are getting a hookup from the state. You get a certain amount from the Fed. Uh, you get a certain amount or the U.S. government, you get a certain amount. And on top of that, the stimulus that keeps coming in. So they're just weighing out what they're getting in unemployment along and like, I'm making more money sitting at the crib and I don't have to be on my feet all day. Or I don't have to be sweating in no sun all day with no lawn care. All right. So this is one of the side effects from printing that cheap quote, quote money. All right. So let me go back to that because I wanted us to go over that as well. Let me get back to my little article, y'all. Okay, so. All right, uh, so he's saying, nonetheless, unemployment in this sector is still more than 3 million below its level at the onset of the pandemic. So he's proving the point right there because he's saying it's improving, but it's still down. 
yeah, it's still down because a lot of folks like, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not finna go back there and make no eight, nine, ten dollars an hour when I can sit at home and chill and make twelve dollars an hour. So I'm really making more now. Okay, for the economy as a whole, payroll employment is 8.4 million below its pre-pandemic level. The unemployment rate remained elevated at 6% in March, and this figure understates the shortfall in employment, particularly as participants in the labor market remain notably below pre-pandemic levels. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is what I feel. Uh, We'll have to watch it. We'll we'll soon see when it comes to past. I think they're also gauging on how many people just are not going to re-enter the workforce, period. Okay, because, you know, they're behind the scenes. These same industries are rolling out their AI robotics. So a lot of jobs, millions of jobs are going to be lost anyway, okay? And that's when the um, universal basic income comes into play. Think about universal basic income as like an unemployment, all right? A never-ending unemployment, okay? So I think as they're going through this whole, quote, quote, pandemic economic recovery, you better believe that they are checking the or keeping a close eye on and really monitoring who is unemployed so they can gauge who's really going to need that universal basic income. All right, because it sounds to me that that service sector, and I talked about that in the other vi- video, that the service sector. It's going to be uh, the huge workforce that's going to be, uh, technology is going to replace their jobs. All right. So the economic downturn has not fallen equally on all Americans. And those least able to shoulder, shoulder the burden have been hit the hardest. In particular, the high level of joblessness has been especially severe for low-wage workers in the service sector and for African Americans and Hispanics. The economic dislocation has upended many lives and created great uncertainty about the future. Readings on inflation have increased and are likely to rise somewhat further before moderating. Okay, we talked about that in detail in the last video. So he's basically stating what he said before. Although at the very beginning, his op- some of his opening statements, that's literally the second paragraph out the gate was he's going to keep interest rates near zero. Okay, but I told you, he gives the public persona, which he knows, the 99%, are going to hear his first statement. I'm going to keep interest rates the same. And they're going to be like, la, 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 la. For the rest of the, what he's talking about. Or it's going to sound like, wah, wah, wah <laughs> to them. But the 1%, he's once again saying um, that uh, 
it's going to happen. In the near term, 12-month measure of PCE inflations are expected to move above 2% as the very low reading from this early, from earlier from early in the pandemic fall out of the calculation and pass increases in oil prices pass through to consumer energy prices. All right, so just real quick, let's talk about oil prices and and uh I'll talk about at the gas pump let let's be fair um I don't know about y'all, but you know since I don't have to drive in every day um I use much less oil, which is a good thing now I'm chilling chilling minding my business I hadn't had to fill up. For at least a month. Finally had to. Okay. Swung the truck around. Had to put the premium in there. $3 and something a gallon. Over $3 and something. So right there. That was. A huge inflation. Jump. Okay. So it's the little things. Of. I call it hidden inflation. That we're seeing. Um, the price at the pump, when you go in the grocery store, all of those things are signs of inflation. That's the, the hidden inflation. Okay. And I'm telling you all, it's only going to get worse. Okay. So beyond these effects, we are also likely to see upward pressure on prices from the rebound in spending as the economy continues to reopen, particularly if supply bottlenecks limit how quickly production can respond in the near term. However, these one-time increases in prices are likely to have only transitory effects on inflation. All right, so the Fed's response to this crisis has been guided by our mandate to promote maximum employment and stable prices for the American people, along with our responsibility to promote the stability of the financial system. As we say in our statement on longer-run goals and monetary policy strategy, we view maximum employment as a broad-based and inclusive goal. Our ability to achieve maximum employment in the years ahead depends importantly on having longer-term inflation expectations well anchored at 2%. As the committee reiterated today's policy statement, with inflation running persistently below 2%, we will aim to achieve inflation moderately above 2%, for some time so that inflation averages 2% over time and longer term inflation's expectations remain well anchored at 2%. So yeah, basically, all of that, um, he's trying to say that they're trying to balance inflation over the long haul to be at 2%. So it may jump up a little bit, but bottom line, I am telling you that we are already seeing inflation. Just with the lumber example that I gave, um, that I mean, it, it can't get more clearer than that. OK, 
Okay, that that is a clear sound a sign of that's actually hyperinflation, family. That is actually hyperinflation when you jump that far with the price increase, and it also indicates that we are in a housing bubble. All right, so we expect to maintain an accommodative stance on monetary of monetary policy until these employment and inflation outcomes are achieved. So, in other words, they gonna keep printing money because that's the only thing that that the Fed really does. They print money and they set the interest rates. How many points are gonna be paid on that money? How many points? Will the uh, U.S. government have to pay? Um, which, how many points will the banks have to pay? How many points the bank lending that the banks are lending out to the public that they would have to pay? That's all the Fed does, family. They don't set policy. He constantly has to remind folks that question him about policy he does not set policy congress sets policy that is the fed's only job to print money raise and lower interest rates okay all right so uh, we expect to maintain an accommodative stance of monetary policy until these employment and inflation outcomes are achieved with regards to interest rates we continue to expect it will be appropriate to main the current zero to one-fourth percentage target range for the federal funds rate until labor market conditions have reached level consistency with the committee's assessment of maximum employment and inflation has risen to 2% and is on track to moderately exceed 2% for some time. I would note that a trans transitory rise in inflation above 2% this year would not meet this standard. Okay, well, with all of that said, because he's kind of talking in circles to me a bit, because uh, he's basically saying what he's saying before, they're going to keep trying to balance out the interest rate. Um but for now, they feel they have to keep it at zero. Because I don't even know what zero to a fourth of a percentage. What What's a fourth of a percentage? Um, but anyhow. All right. In addition, we will continue to increase our holdings of treasury securities by at least $80 billion per month. And of agency mortgage back. Oh, chow, chow, chow. Let me take a sip of my little water. Mm, mm, mm. Told y'all they were buying up the debt. In addition, we will continue to increase our holdings of treasury securities by at least $80 billion per month. And of agency mortgage backed securities by at least $40 billion per month until substantial further progress has been made towards our maximum employment and price stability goals. Now, he admitted in the questionnaire 
that um, the, the questionnaire afterwards, he admitted family that they had to basically buy back uh, treasury securities. He didn't say to have the mortgage backed securities. Okay, because he said that the public was not buying them. So what that means is the investors on Wall Street, they ain't trying to touch the U.S. corporate debt. They don't want no parts of it. Because what they're afraid of is if I buy a bond for $100 and you're supposed to pay me back 5% on that, you're supposed to, but the bonds are based on the interest rates. And if things are still raggedy, I may not even get my $100 back. I may go to cash out and get $90 back, uh, $80 back, etc., now the mortgage-backed securities. I understand why. Now I I didn't. I wasn't able to hear this uh, this portion. This opening statement live. I came in on the live portion. They were already in the questionnaire section. So if he said this live, it would shock me because uh, I am reading his opening statement. And maybe the man did say it live. I apologize in advance. But to me. That's a huge red flag when you tell me mortgage-backed securities. So basically the mortgage-backed securities are the home loans that are being bundled up and sold on Wall Street, repackaged. So they buying back up that debt too. That's a huge red flag. That's a huge red flag. I told y'all that the housing market was in a bubble. Now, they're not admitting it, it's in a bubble, but it's interesting. Somebody know it's in a bubble on, on the Wall Street. Okay, and maybe I'm just looking at, into that more than it is. They're just buying, buying it back up to be buying it back up, but okay. Alright, so the increase in our balance sheet since March 2020 has materially eased financial conditions and is providing substantial support to the economy. The economy is a long way from our goals and it is likely to take some time for substantial further progress to be achieved. Our guidance for interest rates and asset purchases ties the path of the federal fund rate and the size of the balance sheet to our employment and inflation goals. Honey, I can't tell. I can't tell at all because you're creating the bubble. Literally. You created the bubble with all of the loaning out, but I know why you do what you do because your goal is really to collect them points. You the bookie. So you just collecting them points. So I'm not even faulting you in the process because again, this is on the U.S. Congress and it's also on the American people for just allowing this crap to even go on. Alright, so this outcome based guidance will ensure that the stance of monetary policy 
remains highly accommodative as a recovery progresses. To conclude, we understand that our actions affect communities, families, and businesses across the country. Everything we do is in service to our public mission. We at the Fed will do everything we can to support the economy for as long as it takes to complete the recovery. Thank you, and I look forward to your questions. So that was um, a transcript of the opening statement today from um, Chairman Powell. Now, the questions that stood out to me, um, number one, out uh, out the gate, uh, one young lady asked about digital currency. She specifically asked, um, how does the Fed feel about it, and how does the Fed feel about China being the first one out the gate with digital currency? And so he said that the Fed Reserve, they are currently conducting a study to uh, really truly understand how the technology works with digital currency and how it would best fit within the U.S. system. And so he started pointing to some of the uh, existing uh, U.S. Uh, monetary systems far as Fed wire and all of that stuff, how money moves through the system from a technology standpoint. And he's like, it works very, very well, yada, yada, yada. He said, but yes, I know um, folks want to get to a point where a lot of the transactions, the financial transactions can be done via their phone. Uh, but we want to make sure that we don't move too quickly on it because we want to make sure that it is uh, done correctly. All right. So once again, he's confirming that digital currency is coming. I am telling you. They've been, quote, quote, studying the technology for quite some time. They already have it worked out. Um, there's already a U.S. digital dollar out there. So it's not if they're going to implement it. It's just a matter of when. And I am guesstimating within no more than two years they will be implementing it, um, if not sometime this year okay now as far as his response to how china is doing it uh he did say that china is doing it a different way because they're basically monitoring every transaction used with digital currency and that would not work here which i found that highly highly interesting Highly, highly inter interesting because a lot of the concerns and worries with uh, a digital currency is the fact that they can cut off your uh, digital wallet at any time. They can tie your social um, score, and that's what they're doing over in China, tying your social credit score, so meaning how good of a citizen are you um, to your digital currency. Now, China hasn't tied it to their digital currency yet, but just the mere fact that China has a social um, score 
folks are just automatically assuming that they're going to tie it to the digital wallet. And I'm kind of leaning towards what those folks think because for, uh, you know, Powell, Fed Reserve Chairman Powell will come out and say China is tracking every transaction. Uh, that kind of lines up with what other people thought. Okay, so uh, that was one of the questions. Um, the other ones, everybody kept trying to ask him about inflation in uh, different ways, and he did still give the standard answer that his goal is to um, get inflation up to a 2% level and keep it steady there. Um, so I did kind of want to give you all an update on what dude said. He basically pretty much reiterated what he said in a 60-minute interview. He didn't go as in debt or in depth, not in debt, no pun intended, in depth as he did with the 60 Minutes. Uh, the purpose of this particular press conference today was to let the markets know that he's not raising interest rates right now. He's keeping them at 0%. So um, you could probably expect the stock market uh, probably to gain back uh, a lot of the gains it lost a couple of weeks ago or last week, last week. So you could probably expect it to gain all of that back and probably then some because the Fed came out and said it's going to keep interest rates the, uh, at zero, which means that they're going to keep printing money. Okay? But behind the scenes, what happens when money is continuously to be printed, just to reiterate, that takes the value of the dollar down even more. Okay? And when the value of the dollar is down, that means you have inflation. So it costs you more of those dollars to buy things. All right. So that's where the price increases come into play. Um, and that's also him keeping interest rates at zero. It props up the housing market. It props it up. So the red flag for me is um, the fact that he said they have to buy mortgage-backed securities. Hmm. So you have to buy that and put that on you all's books? You mean the market don't want them? Hmm. Because if you didn't buy them up, that would burst that bubble in the housing market. All right. So, uh, family, again, I just wanted to give you that update on, um, shoot, this, y'all, shoot, this probably going to be a doggone series <laughs> on uh, Gateway to a New Economy. Uh, I'll keep you all updated. So, in the meantime, just prepare yourself accordingly. I wish everyone well. Peace and love.